Hello, and welcome to the Pacific Center podcast. My name is Dr. Greg Lane, and I will be your host as we explore many interesting topics with many amazing people from a variety of professional backgrounds over the months and years ahead. The focus of this podcast will be the intersection of the traditional healthcare practices of various cultures and the modern scientific research on peak physical and cognitive performance. The show will be delivered in an interview format. Quick disclaimer, while we may be discussing some health-related issues and therapies, in no way will this be construed as medical advice. As always, if you're seeking information or treatment for a medical condition, please consult with a licensed healthcare provider. So our guest today is Dustin Dilberg. Dustin is a doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine, owner of Pain Free Kauai in Lu Hui. Dustin Dilberg is a graduate of the Pacific College of Oriental Medicine, the Egoscu University, and Pettibon Spinal Technologies. He has extensive experience working with many top professional athletes speaking around the country on topics of nutrition and natural medicine, and has also worked at Radies Children's Hospital here in San Diego. Egoscu Clinic, and he continues to teach as an instructor for Egoscu University. Dustin returned to, to Kauai in 2007, bringing his knowledge and experience in Chinese medicinal herbs, nutrition, postural therapy, and he's re returned excited to offer the best in functional health care and sports medicine to aid of his hometown community. The pain-free Kauai Clinic specializes in natural healthcare solutions, including stress-relieving acupuncture, Egoscue method of postural corrective exercise, deep tissue laser therapy, and lifestyle medicine. Dr. Dilberg has also co-authored uh, a book with professional pro surfer Bethany Hamilton called Body and Soul. Dustin, it's super great to have you with us today, joining from beautiful Kauai, and uh, we were just talking beforehand that you just got back from New Zealand scoring some surf and uh, I'm jealous. And uh, did you get some good surfing in Kauai as well? Yeah, there's uh, plenty of fun waves to be had and feel blessed to live in such a paradise. That's awesome. So um, let's just jump right in. You, you offer a, a really wide range of services. Of course, you know, acupuncturist and Egoscue training and, and nutritional coaching and and mentoring and I, I'm curious how you, how you split your time with all of those specialties and and so like what are your average clients like what does an average client session look like do you integrate these things with everybody or are you are you more focused in one particular area or give us give us a snapshot of what your what, what your sessions look like great question and it really is unique every single situation I tried to remove um, my you know, my own thought process and just kind of be present with the patient. Okay. I, um, I love looking at the body like it's a big chain. And mm -hmm. if we can identify that chain's weakest link and address that because the chain is only as strong as its weakest link, right? Right. It has a breaking point. And oftentimes that's in people's emotional patterns, um, stress levels, other people, you know, it's going to be in their physical posture and alignment, um, old injuries and things like that, or nutrition or sleep patterns, breathing. It really can be whatever it is. So I, I, um, I want to try to address that in a unique and specific pattern. 
no matter who we're dealing with so that we can get the fastest and most uh, dramatic results as possible. So really individualized, unique approach uh, specific to each individual patient. Yeah. And the more techniques that we use or have available in our toolbox, I found just to be so powerful and that it gives you a different um, set of lenses to look at even your, your existing tool box, mm-hmm. you know, your, or your tools with, yeah. um, Chinese medicine is, is my first love of medicine. It, you know, seemed like a mystical, magical art form, uh, when I was introduced to it as a very young, uh, child. And so I, I fell in love with it. And now watching Western medicine describe and understand Chinese medicine from a different lens, I, I found really fascinating. Uh-huh. If we add in, you know, other aspects of nutrition and posture and movement and all of that, it just, you start looking at, at this um, image from s- such a three-dimensional view. You start looking at it from the backside and the other side. So mm. the, uh, the big mountain that you want to try to achieve, you know, the apex of and, and conquer, I think needs to be looked at from all the different angles because you don't know if you've done it perfectly just to get to the top. There might be a whole different side that you had no idea about. Totally. Yeah, I guess I should back up and ask you how you how did you get interested in in acupuncture in the first place? Uh, my father's an acupuncturist. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Um, he's that. a chiropractor and acupuncturist. His story is amazing. Um, he was introduced to TCM through a master from um, from Asia and Emma Chung. He brought me along. I was in a unfortunate auto accident. I was hit by a car while I was riding my bike when I was a little kid. Uh-huh. Uh, had extensive injuries from that and post injury had, you know, from ligament damage in my neck, migraines and all sorts of other issues. Acupuncture removed my headaches. It, it made me feel like I was balanced again. And, uh-huh. um, of course, as a young kid, there was the fear of needles and things like that, that right. my dad, um, and luckily Bruce Lee got right. me through, uh, thinking from a different perspective of how great acupuncture is. And, and I just absolutely jumped in with both feet. Huh. Does your dad so, still practice? Or? He does. He practices here on the South side of Kauai as well. Um, he's paved a wonderful path for me. Okay. And, uh, yeah, he was the one that started teaching me the basics and allowing me to, to needle him from the age of seven on. Oh, is that right? Wow. Really blessed to, to yeah, to have that upbringing. I don't think I'd let my nine-year-old near me with needles, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll try that. Yeah. Check it out. It, it's a, a test of faith. That's for sure. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you guys don't work together and uh, do you guys ever do you share clinic? We do share quite a few patients um, and we work on each other a ton. I um, worked in his clinic when I first came out of school for five years and okay. um, was you know, blown away by a mixture of techniques. He, he does some incredible functional medicine testing and work. Um, a lot of in-depth posture work as well. He um, was my contact to Dr. Pettibon for real in-depth spinal rehab cases. Um, I introduced him to the Egoski method. So we have a lot of symmetry um, in our practice and we love working together. Oh, that's but um, I also needed to spread my wings and, and prove a lo- in a lot of ways to myself that I could practice the way that I, I felt like I was led to. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I, I can totally relate to that. Not, not by, for myself, but my wife is a, she's a professional dancer and choreographer and her, and so is her mother. And so I see that, that kind of lineage in our family as well. And it's how important it is to 
have that type of individuality and expression. It's really important. Yeah. And it, it's great though, to have those influences and to have the resources to be able to, you know, call on, um, those so close to you that, you know, have your best interest at heart yeah. to guide you and, and kind of bounce ideas off of and everything. I feel so fortunate. Yeah. Especially when you're, well, you're not young in practice anymore, but when you are young in practice, it's like, I remember when I was first licensed, I used to call my, my teachers all the time. Like, I don't know what to do. Like I've got, you know, this amputee with phantom pain, what do I do? Alex yeah. Tiberi's like needle the table, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember him telling me the same thing. That's yeah. awesome. Are you serious? Yeah. That's yeah. really, he said, just lay that needle down right where yeah. you, your intent is. Yeah. Did it work? Um, I have used that a few times and uh, to be honest, I haven't used that as much as far as just the table, but, um, with a lot of energy and intent and, um, Phantom pain is such a fascinating thing and, and amputees sure. are such a blessing to work with. For sure. Um, and so, yeah, there's some interesting techniques that he definitely opened my eyes to. Yeah. Set me down a, a path. So I want to, I want to ask you about the, um, the spinal technology work you did with, uh, Dr. Pettibon. Can yeah. you, uh, share, cause I'd never heard of Dr. Pettibon. So I'm really curious about, about that. Um, among other things, obviously that you do. Sure. So Dr. Pettibon, um, really ahead of his time in a lot of ways. He, um, he looked at the body and rehab, like his, one of my favorite sayings that he would, would throw at us is we practice rehab supported by chiropractic and not the other way around. And that is as he was you know teaching chiropractors and, and all of that. He, um, he was actually the one that, that in a lot of ways talked me out of going to chiropractic school. I was, I was on that path. And he said, Chinese medicine is, is really the, some, in so many ways, the root of what we're, we're doing with the work that Pedabon stands for. And so through, you know, bone setting techniques and tween structural work and all of that, those are your hands-on techniques. Um, he of course specialized in many great mobilization techniques, but he called it mobilizations and not adjustments. Okay. Uh, he taught me that and that we're, we're not necessarily trying to force the spine into a different alignment, but rather mobilize it and retrain the nervous system and the muscles and how to hold that. Mm -hmm. uh, and so he was very rehab focused and he specialized in being able to correct the curves of the spine in a more profound way than I had seen and continue to search for something that can kind of come close to that. Is he um, a chiropractor? He's a chiropractor. Okay. Yeah, he uh, he passed a couple of years ago and and made a huge impact. I think he spoke at or taught at most of the chiropractic schools in the nation at one point or another, mm -hmm. and um, was a, a fantastic asset to our healthcare community. He um, he retired mostly in Gig Harbor, Washington, and um, was doing some fantastic work. So I had a great opportunity to work with him and pretty closely with him in, in multiple clinic settings, and. Uh, I found that the connection of Pedabon's work and Egoscu, which they had never connected uh -huh. um, to my knowledge, but um, they are so synergistic and fantastic. And so yeah. looking at it kind of in a microscope on the spinal level and neurological level, and then on a, a greater level on like head to toe postural components, beautiful marriage. So would, would he use postural corrective exercises like, like the Egoscue, uh, uh, 
teaching or would it be mostly, you know, therapists like you working on the body with uh, manual mobilizations? Very much rehab exercise focused. Um, He had something called the link trainer, a lot of foam block exercises um, and other movements. But what he found to be most effective is a a weight, like a harness um, situation where the easiest way to describe it is we know that the body pulls away from weight stimulus. Mm -hmm. If you you know, hold the weight out in front of you, your body counterbalances and pulls back. And so we found for forward head posture, which we know is a huge problem um, and and a worsening problem with our technological age. If you were to put a weighted head harness on the front of your forehead, your body would pull against that and strengthen the correct neck muscles to obtain that proper cervical curve and alignment again. And so you could offset that if you have a head tilt and other things. And you adjust with weight, counterbalancing weight. Exactly. So head, shoulder, and hip weight harnesses could take twist, rotation, and, and um, other components of spinal misalignment out of the equation. Was he using, um, did he design any specific apparatus like straps or bands or, or uh, specific weights to, to work on different areas of the body? I mean, the head's kind of tricky, right? Yeah, he has a number of patented um, weighted harnesses, so head harness, shoulder harness, hip harness. Um, he has a repetitive cervical traction unit that I think is fantastic and a wobble chair uh-huh. that, um, it, I still, I think is one of the most profound rehabilitative tools for, uh, lumbar disc injuries. A wobble chair, like the wobble board. Kind of. Yeah. It's a chair that is on a real small, um, access, uh-huh. uh, pivot point so it can move in every different direction and so you can take the spine through range of motion that helps to rehydrate and rehabilitate the disc and the supporting ligaments nice stability structures oh, i'd like to see that it's fantastic um, take a look pedabon um pedabon institute i believe is their website and you can google like pedabon uh, rehabilitative exercise there's a whole bunch of great youtubes does he have, um, is, so he's, he's passed, unfortunately, are there, obviously there's people that are carrying the torch. I mean, you're yes. using it in practice. Do they continue to teach it or? Yeah, there's uh, certification seminars and, and continuing education opportunities out there still. And, um, it's fantastic work. Awesome. They're expanding more in the direction of functional neurology in a lot of ways as well, from my understanding. Okay. So I noticed, um, when I was looking at your website, which by the way, for our listeners is painfree dash kawaii.com. That's painfree one word dash kawaii.com. And we'll link to it in this podcast, um, which is a great, great website, by the way, really it, it, you know, I always like looking at people's websites and then meeting them in person. This just really captures you. It's, it's, you know, it's very upbeat pretty it's I mean, not that you're pretty you're you're a handsome guy okay but <laughs> you're too kind yeah so, i mean it, it's a really it's a friendly website you know um but i was looking here you have a you have a youtube video where you're demonstrating you're training uh, bethany hamilton and yeah. i know i noticed you're using the, the trx system with in that particular uh training video and so I kind of want to I want to get you to elaborate on on that a little bit. First of all, how did you how did you meet Bethany Hamilton? For those surfers in our that are listening in, you all know Bethany Hamilton. For others who may not know Bethany Bethany, can you give us some background on her a little bit and how you guys hooked up and the book you wrote together and and, and how that absolutely happened? Uh, Bethany is a Kauai girl. 
Um, she's born and raised here on island. She um, is an incredible surfer. She, I think most avid surfers, um, especially those that really study the sport and understand technique and, and skill level talent, agree that she most likely would have multiple world championships under her belt had she not been attacked by a shark when she was 13. She um, lost her arm in that attack, um, surfing a spot on the North Shore here called Tunnels. And um, she used that unfortunate event to the best of her ability. I mean, she's influenced millions of people um, on how to live a more fulfilled life, a healthy um, life. She's such a health advocate, it's incredible. She really practices what she preaches. Um, she's a huge inspiration to, I think, everyone in the world. She um, had a movie created about her and her story called Soul Surfer um, and has a new documentary style film coming out called oh. Unstoppable. It's oh, cool. released in uh, June or July this year. Awesome. Um, and it's a real live, you know, step-by-step process or story of honestly how she lives. She sets goals and she achieves them. Um, so I had the opportunity to travel to Tahiti with her during some of the filming of that, um, and watching her take off on, you know, waves at Chopu. Chopu. Um, she, she is an incredible human being and, and I'm really honored to be able to work with her. She, uh, has been, we live on kind of opposite sides of the island and it's funny how many microsystems and bubbles there are on this island, but, um, through, different church connections and just the surfing industry. I competed against her brother um, yeah. growing up. And so when I came back from school, um, we started working on her healthcare and nice. uh, she is the type of woman you'll, you'll learn from that documentary. If you're able to watch it, literally you say, you know, I want you to do two of these. And she comes back and she says, is there a problem if I did 10 <laughs> and she keeps pushing the envelope. And so I just, was in on and soaked it up as we started working together. Everything I gave her, she wanted more and she asked for more and she completed um, that plus 10 kind of a thing. And so I was able to learn so much by working with her. I was able to start deconstructing posture therapy in a different way because amputees, uh, especially you know above the elbow or above the knee amputees, they are missing a quadrant of stabilization to their spine. Yeah, they aren't getting the stimulus to that that quadrant or limb, and so their spine has a tendency to to really divert towards scoliosis and things like that. So we have constructed and and devised multiple plans along the been working with her over ten years wow. um, to combat that and to hone her skills and then take her you know performance levels to whatever degree that we can push them. Yeah. And um, nutrition and sleep and breathing and all of that. She's just hungry for more. So yeah. it's been it's been fantastic. Yeah, I was really impressed. You know, watching just speaking to how you were able to customize her workout with the with the TRX band and how you you know you were doing some stables. I forget what what you were doing, but you you know you moved it way up high on on the shoulder, so she was still able to work. You know the the lats or the, her core and stuff and. It was really, yeah. it was really impressive. Um, her engagement of her scapula um, and yeah. stabilization to her spine has always been a major focus. And then like being able to transfer stabilization and muscle engagement from her missing limb to her opposite hip and down to ankle stability, even in, in different things through um, different forces. The TRX is a great tool that we've been able to use with that, but we, we've pulled out, a, you know, 
couple dozens, if not a hundred different tools at different times, just trying to see now that you've achieved or conquered that demand, where's a weak link? Where is the, where's the instability and how do we most directly address that? So through patch, um, training with Egoscue, um, all sorts of fun stuff. Is there a patch over there? I built a patch. Um, actually thanks to my father, we built a patch and, um, have used it to its, um, basically till it broke down through our moisture and, and, you know, the wood started rotting and things like that. Yeah. Um, we also have the portable patch circulating through our school systems on Kauai. It's available. If anybody on Kauai is looking for the patch, we have it available and they're happy to train people up on it. So yeah. That's cool. So for our listeners that don't know what the patch is, um, maybe you could share a little bit with the, uh, what the patch is that we, we talked to Brian Bradley, vice president, of Egoscu a while ago on one of our podcasts and we linked to it there, but uh, for our listeners here today, um, why don't you describe what the patch is f- for them? The patch is basically an obstacle course that forces you to work through your dysfunctions rather than around them. Um, you're going to be going over things, under them, balancing on things. You're going to be um, using your body in very functional patterns to um, create symmetry and balance. And so we do everything equally on both sides. We don't let people get around, um, you know, their, their little faults or cheats. And, um, we address movement patterns through different demands. And so it can be, um, it was mimicked after honestly a tomato patch, um, just a bunch of beams that you go over under climbing, um, apparatuses, the patch that we have on my, my father's property had a big, uh, you know, cargo net climbing area, all sorts of fun stuff. And so, the patch doesn't need to be anything that um, structured. However, yeah. I mean, we can create a patch in a small room with, you know, a couple little things, or you can even imagine what, what the obstacle is and you can always do a patch workout with zero equipment. And it could so, be a tree. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's really the, the whole point of it is let's get outside of our, our contained environment. Yeah. Let's get back into nature. Let's move the way we're, we're designed to. Yeah. Yeah, so Patch has been awesome. Kauai is an interesting little mecca for athletes also. Um, since, you know, San Diego is where PCOM's, you know, home base is. Yeah. The closer for the Padres, Kirby Yates, who just got his 12th save, I think, last night or the night before. Yeah. Um, this early on in the season, it's doing great. He's from about four miles from here. Oh, is that right? And, yeah, another patient of mine. Nice. Um, awesome person and great athlete. Awesome. Hey, I want to go back. I want to go back and ask you about one more question about Bethany. And I promise we'll move on. Um, How does she catch? I can barely catch waves. Okay. I've, you know, I've been surfing since I was six. She's got one arm, dude. How does she catch waves? She, in the, the most loving sense of the word, she is a freak and she is so determined. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, and it doesn't stop there. So she is efficient as can be. She figures out how to use her body in ways that most people take for granted. So she uses the buoyancy of her board to initiate the, the movement and paddle. She um, knows timing better than any surfer I've ever come across. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't stop there. When she catches the wave, she has to stand up with one arm. Yeah. And then from standing up, which I encourage any surfer is listening to go play around with. Just and try that. To- You'll just fall off. It took me a while. I, what I'd do is literally take one arm, 
hold the back of my surf shorts and try to paddle and catch waves on one arm, even on a longboard. Yeah. Um, and it's an incredibly fun exercise actually. And with practice, you can achieve it. Like I'm going to try that when it's small at Cardiff, go play. Yeah. Um, take your, your longboard out and try to stand up with one arm, switch arms, try to do it with the other arm. Cause I don't want you going getting any postural imbalances on that. <laughs> um, try to stand up regular versus goofy and all those types of things. Cause it's incredible what your body can adapt to when yeah. it's tested or, or pushed to that limit. That makes but sense. Then, I mean, Bethany's doing big air three sixties and with oh, that's, ama- that's amazing balance. I know. Um, I mean, she's catching literally 50 foot waves in, in certain places that will be shown in, uh, in the documentary. I can't wait. I can't wait to see that. Chopu and pipeline. She won a pipe contest. Um, and those are the scariest waves that, I mean, I've, I've been surfing since I was about the same age as, as what you stated there and love surfing. And I am scared to death of surfing pipe um, yeah. and paddle my heart out with both arms when it's, you know, a little overhead and she's out there triple the size and handling. So she's awesome. An incredible athlete. Yeah. That's amazing. So, um, are you working with, uh, are there any other pro athletes that you're working with or what's the sort of ratio pro versus just lay people and, and, uh, what, what's your, what's your patient base like? I work with so many awesome people. Most of them are not pro athletes. Okay. Um, most of them are, you know, heroes in their own respect, whether that's because they are mothers, grandmothers, parents, fathers, um, plumbers, electricians, it doesn't matter to me. Um, I feel like everybody is so special that way. So I, I hope and pray that no one thinks that by working with a pro athlete that changes who you are as a practitioner or makes you better than someone else. No, no way. I am so proud of Kirby Yates though, just because he's one of the nicest guys on the planet and he's yeah. achieving such success with the Padres. Um, I work with a few NFL players from time to time, um, other MLB players and, um, let's see a lot of the surf community. So the surf oh, world bad. is where most of my pro athletes are. Sebastian Zietz, um, oh, nice. is on the, the world tour right now. And, um, I traveled around to the, the championship tours destinations the first couple of years out of school. And, and we're working with a lot of the pros on mm-hmm. contest sites. Um, and that was a fantastic opportunity. So um, thanks to Freddie Patasha and um, Jordy Smith and a lot of those guys that helped fund my way to, to kind of work with the, the pro athletes on that level. I'm very thankful for the opportunity and the experience with that. Yeah. That's an awesome gig. Yeah. Went to high school with, um, Steve Sherman, who is, yeah. he was, you know, Steve? Yeah. 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 He's a good friend of mine. Good guy. Yeah. He, Steve was the, uh, he was the photo editor for our listeners of, uh, of surfing magazine. And he's a, he's a brilliant photographer, mostly a portrait photographer for all the pro surfers and stuff. He's, he's, he's still pretty, doing great work though. And I see him on the North shore quite a bit. Yeah. Of yeah. Oahu. Yeah. yeah. He's a local guy, Torrey Pines high school guy. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how you incorporate uh, some of the other um, modalities. So, you know, we know you're doing acupuncture, doing great work with training and just a variety of uh, postural stuff. And I'm adjusting my posture as I'm thinking about your training. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's the magic of that word posture. You say it's just it, automatically it's like right a, away. Sit up straight. You know? um, talk about some of the ways in which you're using you know, breath work. And I know you're really interested in, in, in breath work and in your work. So how are you incorporating that? There's so many, you know, 
different approaches. I mean, you know, you got the Wim Hof method, you've got traditional Qigong methods, you've got, you know, the yogic breathing, you've got even now, like I was listening to podcasts with uh, Ben Greenfield interviewing, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ted Hardy. He's a, he's a, uh, a he instructs uh, free divers and his whole system of, of breathing techniques totally different than Wim Hof. But how, how are you incorporating, what is your background in, in breath work and how are you, how are you working with that? Well, background wise, um, I mean, breathing is such a key component to surf training and, you know, being in the water. If you're going to try and fish, dive, um, or you're concerned about being held under by big waves, breathing became an, of interest to me at a young age, um, grew up, you know, swimming to the bottom of the ocean, grabbing a rock and running as far as you can doing all that kind of stuff is just a, a ground playing around at the beach. But breathing I think is worthy of its own podcast. Um, and maybe of, you know, a couple thousand episodes, there are so many components to the breath. And I think it's so fundamental and foundational to every system in our body. Um, it's connected. As we know in, in Chinese medicine, everything is connected. And in posture work, the way that, you know, Peter Gossio is always hammering that, you know, our body from head to toe is one basically muscle yeah. separated into different components or parts, the way that uh, Thomas Myers describes also in anatomy trains. Our bodies are so intertwined. However, the diaphragm and the breathing component in the lungs, I think, are kind of a linchpin that are really a, a place that we should all investigate at the start. Totally. So let's talk about it from posture perspective. Most people are not hip engaged. They, they don't drive from the hips. We talk about it in, in zones of muscle firing and, and neurological sequencing. We should be firing one, two, three. And just to I kind of quickly go over what zones one, two, and three mean as I go over that with my patients is your zone one is your diaphragm should always be working properly. Psoas and glutes. Um, okay. I know Brian uh, Bradley talks about the psoas and glutes being the king and queen of posture. And I think the diaphragm is just so tightly um, related to those. Mm -hmm. I've created, or I, I borrowed that from multiple other systems of calling that zone one. Okay. Zone two is between the knees and the shoulders. Zone three is head to toe, including the arms. And so we should always fire. I don't care if you're just clicking your mouse on your computer zone one first should be neurologically activated prior to zone two or three. Unfortunately, we fail to move properly and our body is such an amazing adaptive you know, unit that we can fire differently for a certain you know, period of time, but it starts to create problems. And so um, coming back to the breath and the diaphragm, if we are not firing zone one properly, our hips aren't stable and we're not driving our, our movements from zone one, our breathing gets disengaged. And I would say with well over 80% of my patients, they have a breathing issue that's severe, not just moderate. It's a yeah. severe breathing problem. And the component of your diaphragm not being capable of contracting and releasing to bring oxygen into your lungs is yeah. due to its compensation as being a stabilizer. Mm -hmm. It's your internal guy wire. It's going to contract to a certain degree and in different ratios at different areas of, of that umbrella like diaphragm just to keep your torso somewhat stable because your glutes have turned off. Your hips aren't activated. You're rounding forward, hunched over a computer more hours than you should be. Right. And so 
when we breathe on average 22,000 times a day, yet we're not using that diaphragm that's designed to take that type of burden and, and is the most efficient way to do so, we then compensate and start firing our scalings and our traps and all of these other upper body and neck issues. It right. further worsens the forward head posture. Our lymphatic system is shot once that happens. Your subclavian veins have tons of muscle tension and, and um, stagnation there. Yeah. And that's where your lymph system's draining back into your cardiovascular system. Right. The um, cisternocylae, uh, that largest lymph node network, sits directly under your, your diaphragm. If you're not contracting and releasing, pushing that lymph fluid back up to your upper body and heart, you're going to be stagnant. You're going to feel, you know, effects such as drowsiness and slow recovery and all of that. You're not getting 22,000 reps of digestive massage. Your chi is going to be stagnant all over the place. And if your diaphragm isn't contracting for your breath very efficiently, I've found that your glutes almost can't fire the way that they're supposed to. Hmm. And so we just have this downward spiral between postural imbalances and movement problems to detoxification issues or liver isn't going to be as supple and soft. I mean, liver, chi, and blood stagnation, we, we know how often we see that. Yeah. Um, I don't know many people that don't have some type of digestive deficiency these days. I wish it weren't the case, but it just seems like we all do. Totally. Our, everything kind of comes back to breathing. And so if we can stimulate our breathing patterns and test and challenge them in different ways, I think we're going to be a healthier human in every aspect. Hmm. Um, I like doing that with breath holds. I love the Wim Hof method. I love what that does for your neurological system and neurotransmitter changes and chemistry. Hmm. Um, but I don't think it's the exclusive or only way we should train our breath the same way that we shouldn't right. only train exercises by doing squats. For sure. We, we got to work out in different ways. Um, and so I don't think there's necessarily a wrong breathing technique out there. It's just how you use it and how balanced you are. Where is your weak link and what, what stimulus does your body need? And I think that's where working with somebody that, that loves and is passionate about breath work comes in handy so they can kind of guide you and make your time most efficient. Yeah. As you're talking about the zones, I'm reflecting on the, you know, the different, the different cultural influences that, that maybe, I don't know if they're the cause or uh, there's just the differences, right? And you have the, you know, the, you know, pardon the generalization, but you have the Eastern, let's just call them the Eastern cultures where we don't have this sort of upper machismo, you know, you know, bench pressing huge biceps and, and triceps and all this upper stuff zone, what zone three, right? Right. Zone, zone three, two three. Yeah. zone two and three heavy stuff. Right. They're more dropped down, right? Into right. Zone, zone one. So yes. by definition, you know, they're, they're maybe breathing better. Um, right. And so maybe these cultural differences uh, play a big part. You know, here we yeah. want to tighten up the abdomen. We want to look all nice and swimsuit ready. Right. Right. Um, and, and we're yeah. chest breathers fundamentally. Mirrors are a huge problem with breathing patterns and Mirrors, a lot of yeah. different, you look in the mirror i don't know many people that don't suck it in and start to breathe differently within seconds of looking at yourself in the mirror right um and that's an interesting component when you look at you know our our paintings of those eastern influencers buddha and you know <laughs> people of that nature they they have a very different posture for sure. not saying that they're posturally perfect or it's our goal necessarily of of you know a balanced health 
but it is definitely an opposing, you know, viewpoint for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting stuff. So, um, talked a bit about breath work and how it influences, um, you know, posture and lymphatic system. And I really appreciate your insights on that and, and looking at those zones. That's, that should give our listeners a lot of food for thought. Um, and they're, hopefully they're, they're, as we're talking about that, they're doing some introspection right now. Um, let's talk a little bit, a bit about your approach to, uh, some of the nutrition topics that are kind of hot today, like, uh, fasting, intermittent fasting and, you know, ketogenic diets and, and that kind of thing. Um, sure. what are you, what are you seeing in your clients? What are you, what are you advocating? What are you recommending? What, what What's your personal interest? Such a fun set of topics. Um, I think that we see these trends come and go. We see, you know, different things come with, I guess, extreme perspectives. Yeah. And I, I love experimentation. I think our bodies should always be in a state of assessment, experiment, figure out what's working for you, what's not working for you. Identify um, how your own makeup genetically or however you want to describe it adapts to your surroundings and stimulus. And I don't think everybody thrives on a ketogenic diet. Okay. I am an advocate for, for keto in a lot of senses. I, I've seen absolute um, huge, like groundbreaking changes in many of my, you know, metabolic syndrome patients, my um, heart disease patients, even, you know, certain detoxification issues are clearing up so rapidly once people get into a healthy state of keto, but there's a lot of people doing keto wrong, right? Okay. A lot of people who are doing keto on very low quality bacon as their primary and only food source for majority of each day. So let's, let's back up for our listeners and, and describe what, what the keto diet is or what, what are the proponents of ketogenic diets uh, professing? That your body can use fat as fuel. And so I'm a huge fan of being balanced with your amounts of fat. But um, so keto is the state of burning fat as fuel, producing ketones as the so-called exhaust, the, the byproduct of, of burning fat your brain uses ketones as one of its primary fuel patterns. Um, insulin se sensitivity is re uh, resensitized or balanced by ketones to a good degree as well. So there's a lot of benefits of having ketones circulate throughout your system. Um, yeah, I think doing keto correctly, which um, I don't think there's one way to do keto correctly, but to identify how your body adapts properly to it is the way to go. So being much more vegetable heavy than most uh, basic keto level um, practices profess that you kind of have to stay away from all carbs, vegetables being a big component of that. Yeah. I don't agree with that. I think yeah. uh, what Dr. Will Cole is doing with Ketotarian, his book of uh, being a plant-based keto diet, I think is really fascinating. Um, mm. I think it it's, very eye-opening for a lot of those that are um, going hardcore meat-focused paleo keto. What's the name of that book? Ketotarian. Oh, Ketotarian. Not familiar with it. Ketotarian. Like vegetarian, but Ketotarian. And it. it's a plant-based approach to the keto um, <clears throat> like diet. Okay. Um, yeah, great guy. Very um, intelligent uh, doctor mm -hmm. and uh, doing great work. Then um, 
in terms of fasting and things like that, we will, of course, want to achieve balance, right? That's the whole premise that I think TCM and, and Western medicine is coming to in different ways. I love, love seeing how ancient TCM methods are being brought to light in Western science and study and things like that. Yeah. Um, it, I think it's fantastic, but that's a, a slightly different topic. But um, fasting, I think, can be fantastic. If you look traditionally, we didn't have food um, from the moment we woke up till the moment we, our bed uh, we hit our bed and, right. and go to sleep. we should have moments of fasting. I think as even different um, sexes can handle fasting in different ways. Females are more nurturing and, and commonly are going to need more frequent eating than males. I, some of the research is showing that males can handle longer fast periods um, more effectively and, and safer. Yeah. Uh, I still think there's a lot more research that's needed on those topics and there's going to be, a bell curve within that and extremes on, on either side. So please sure. don't take anything I'm saying as a sexist. Um, uh, well, females do produce blood that requires, you know, nutrients, micronutrients, et cetera. So, and you know, we, we produce blood, but not as much as they do. Right. Absolutely. And so, um, yeah, I think intermittent fasting is fantastic. I'm having some fun um, diving deeper into some of the fast uh, mimicking diets and getting some fantastic results with that with my patients. And um, with the idea though, of let's come back to common sense. Let's yeah. come back to what's the most natural thing our body's designed to do and what type of stimulus, and I love the word stress, is mm -hmm. good for our body. Mm -hmm. The same way that exercise is a stress to our muscles, we know that exercise doesn't make us stronger. Right. It makes us weaker temporarily. And it's right. our adaptation to that stress that makes us better. I yeah. think fasting can be thought of the same way that we want to stress our system to be able to acclimate and handle different scenarios in a more efficient way yeah. um, as can breath holds as can postural, you know, challenges, all of those types of things. We want to look at it as stress is a great thing mm -hmm. when executed properly. Yeah. I was having a conversation with uh, Matt Walden. Who's uh, he's a trainer. He's a Paul Czech trainer out of London. He's been working with us on our, on our um, health and human performance coaching program. And, and uh, he, we were t discussing with this concept of the allostatic load, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Yeah. And that, that speaks to this, you know, this homeostasis of stressors, good, bad. And, you know, and uh, that, that speaks to that. Um, yeah, and I think there's an important concept of um, overstimulus, mm -hmm. overstressing, and under recovery. You know what I mean? Overstressing like, and under recovery. Oh, for sure. Yeah. There's, there's, a, I think, less in the fitness world, less yeah. overtraining. Yeah. Than we complain about. Yeah. There's a huge problem with under recovery, though. Oh, for sure. Overtraining happens at a very different threshold if you're not sleeping right and you're stressed out of your mind and your nutrition is, is subpar. Yeah. We need to look at it from a different perspective and see how, how those ratios can change. Interesting. So true. Yeah. I mean, it, that's always a question in my mind when I'm, when I'm working with patients. It's like we only get them for what, you know, we're only in a room with our patients or outside training them for an hour, right? And so right. that hour is them just chilling, right? Just relaxing with needles in them or, or whatever. Yeah. But the rest of the time, you know, the interval between it's like they're doing whatever they're going to do. So our ability to manage their, their help them manage 
their health is, is only as good as our ability to measure their outcomes. Right. right. So how do you, how are you, how are you, how are you finding that? Where's that sweet spot with, what have you found to effectively, is it just through your charting and oh, my pain is at a, a seven this week and last week it was at 10 or what are you, what are you noticing? I mean, obviously you have got objective and subjective measurements. How are Absolutely. you, how I, are you I really track? think the, the core of what I try to get through to my patients is getting them in touch with their own bodies again, mm. because distraction I think is the most overused drug in our society right now. Yeah. We tune out, we disconnect mm. in a terrible way. And, um, and so if we can reconnect them to what innately they already know, mm-hmm. we're going to have the most profound effect because mm-hmm. like you said, we're only there for an hour. Even if I can test something incredibly specifically, that's, that test is accurate for how much time, what's right. going on the other 23 hours a day or how many days or weeks I'm in between I'm seeing them Right. where I get so much more data from them. If I teach them how to listen and trust their body. Yeah. And I, I think um, it was a, a really fun and profound conversation that we had actually in one of the doctoral classes about how often the patients know the answers. Oh yeah. They, just don't, they don't trust themselves to, to actually follow through with that. Yeah. And if we can stop them and talk them through that process and use almost that Socratic method of questioning them until they come to the realization and epiphany of, I knew this all along and I got myself into the situation. And I'm the only one that can get myself out mm-hmm. that, that health responsibility, the, all of those different aspects of, of basically enlightenment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's the most crucial component of information taking and charting and all of that is trying to figure out how to get them to that point. Yeah. Um, then on top of that, it's really fun to test your theories, test what they feel, see i mean the basics of even just looking at their posture you see that there's they're listed way off to one side ask them where their weight distribution is does it feel equal on both feet you can start to to learn whether you can trust them or not and yeah where where is the baseline and how do we get them to you know being accurate once again in their their reading of their own their own body um i love different technology and all those fun you know tricks and tests and and measurement tools but i think without that baseline of of being in touch with your body, it almost does us a disservice to an extent mm. where we take the responsibility away from that connection, that innate mm. consciousness. Yeah. And we rely on technology, which is only good when Wi-Fi is up. Right. So we have to disconnect from the grid and reconnect with our, our own body. Yeah. Yeah. And getting people, like you say, getting them empowered and introspective so that they're able to tune in. Um, instead of relying on, on, on you to, you know, cause you're not always going to be there for them. Right. Nor do, I don't think any of us want to be, I, right. I think there's no shortage of, of, you know, people that want to be healthier. Yeah. And so if we can teach as many people as we can to trust in themselves, we're, I mean, we're never going to be terribly slow in, in healthcare. I think where there's a going to be an overabundant need for more practitioners and assistance in, in our healthcare crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting back to those basics are, are fantastic. And then you have your patients coming in with accurate feedback of how they felt, how often they had their symptoms because they're in tune again, they aren't distracted. Yeah. Um, 
And I look at the markers of how much less medication they, they need, how much, you know, more vitality and how active they are mm-hmm. on, on those levels far more than I, even though I use those other measurement tools, far more mm-hmm. than I trust or, or put weight in those other measurement tools. Mm-hmm. Are you using things like, uh, <clears throat> like aura ring or, you know, test sleep and heart rate and, and those kinds of things or are you using, are you using technologies or using, uh, like genetic testing, look at, uh, you know, uh, genetic predispositions and I love a whole bunch of different functional tests. Um, I'm really blessed to have a few fantastic naturopaths, MDs and chiropractors on the island that I work closely with, um, to hopefully be able to get as much of that covered by insurance since I have a strictly cash practice and don't work with insurance at all. Um, I work with a little network to be able to have as much of that covered and, and worked on, um, as a team. Nice. I love genetic testing. I think it's fantastic. I think that, um, again, we need to use common sense within it and yeah. use it as a blame shifting, like, ah, that's why, yeah. I, you know, exercise is because my genes say I can't right, right. rather use it as a little insight into how can we take that knowledge and apply it to our longevity and our, our health goals. How can we use it to give us information to prevent the catastrophic events from happening that you're predisposed to? Right. That's where I love genetics and, um, you know, use that for nutritional recommendations, exercise recommendations, um, supplements and things that might be able to offset some of their predispositions and things like that. I haven't used Aura Ring. Um, I've used a few other uh, sleep uh, apps and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, sleep cycle and a few others that I've, I've had some fun playing around with. Um, mm-hmm. but not using any of them on every patient or anything like that. Again, yeah. I kind of take that, that approach to what, what's the most uh, potent, uh, test or, or what's our, our best bang for our buck. I do love a lot of the functional labs and mm. the functional medicine components that are, are so widely used. I, um, I'm thankful for blood, urine, um, neurotransmitter testing, hormone testing, those types of things. And yeah. using those a lot more. Um, I am, I use a lot of just functional testing on a movement level. Mm-hmm. And so a non-technologically measurable level is, is you can watch the way someone walks. I can just, I feel very confident watching the way someone stands with their yeah. eyes open and eyes closed. And I can tell you how you're going to walk, run, jump, squat. I can, I can tell you where you're going to fall into your weaknesses just based mm-hmm. off of the muscle tension that you can see in a standing, standing static posture. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that's the baseline that I, I use with most people because of the, the financial ease of it, the speed yeah. in which that test is performed, the mm-hmm. ability to retest so fast and easy. I use simple photos, love x-rays, love MRIs. I love all that you know, more radiological, stuff. radiological studies, but, um, simple photos can tell you a dramatic amount. Slow motion video shows you so much and, um, like things like balance boards, um, that I'm testing a few different ones right now. And I'm excited to hopefully at the symposium have more, um, strong recommendations with a whole bunch of case studies I'll be presenting on nice. some of those uh, findings, what's working, what's not working for me. So speaking of the symposium, I do want to mention to our listeners that, um, that Dustin will be speaking on November 1st at the, at the Pacific Symposium here in town at the uh, Catamaran Hotel. 
and his uh, focus will be on pain and posture and functional medicine application. And uh, we're super excited to have you come out uh, for that. And hopefully we'll get to surf together. I hope um, so. Yeah. Get Jack out in the water and go, uh, go paddle out. It won't be like Kauai, but you know, <laughs> you have to <laughs> rent a wetsuit. <laughs> All good with me. Um, I look at the surfers, the one out in the water having the most fun is the, the best surfer as Duke Kanemoku would, would commonly say. Yeah. And, uh, just being out there and, and sharing you know, that experience of being in the ocean with all those awesome ions and, and natural air and all that. It is so therapeutic. So I'd, I'd cherish that and so thankful for the opportunity to, to chat with you and look forward to, to hopefully seeing as many listeners as possible at the symposium. I think it's going to be an, a fantastic event this year. Yeah, for sure. And to our listeners uh, who are out there, please come up and introduce yourself to, uh, to Dustin uh, just a wealth of information and, and come check him out at the, at the uh, symposium for sure. And uh, we'll, again, we're going to link to his, his website, um, get more information there on what he does and, and how he is taking his Chinese medicine uh, doctoral degree uh, just to another level and incorporated, you know, all of his wonderful training and, and interests. And, uh, you know, Dustin, it's been such an honor to, to speak with you and meet you. And I look forward to meeting you in person. Uh, but uh, this has been so, so great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Lane. And just a quick little teaser of some of the other things that I'm going to be introducing um, during my talk at Symposium, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. Um, something called the breath belt and how to use a apparatus to strength train your diaphragm. I'm also nice. nobody who's talking about strength training. Nice. Um, neurologically releasing the psoas, um, activating that zone one within minutes. And so I'll be talking about that and its functional applications to everything digestive wise, like all the breath stuff that we talked about. Um, some of the laser therapy work that we're doing and how to use uh, specific types of lasers for um, relief uh, neurologically, um, musculoskeletal stuff, pain applications, uh, like uh, cranial nerve activation, neurological um, chemical changes, all kinds of fun stuff. And yeah, so there's going to be a whole bunch of oh, some really easy uh, functional testing too, uh, brain span labs for, for testing omega-3 index and cognitive health from a simple Great. blood drop that is very applicable to Chinese medical pr um, practitioners and things that they could recommend their patients to do in office or in house um, without having to go to a lab. And so there's going to be some, some great points and clinical pearls and easy to apply to your practice or your personal health that's awesome i can't wait to get that belt on my diaphragm there we go stretch we'll that stretch that, that diaphragm out yeah that's right well thank you so well, much yep i appreciate your time and uh, all the best until we see you here in november thank you aloha okay. aloha take it easy <laughs>